Welcome to Romans chapter 6 this morning as we continue talking about the uh, sin nature that's in each of us. Uh, You do have a sinful nature, but because of God's miraculous work of salvation, you are now a new creation. That's what the Bible tells us. We are new creations. That means sin, your sin nature, is no longer your boss. Okay. In fact, Romans chapter 6 verse 11 says this, We, as believers, are to consider ourselves dead to sin. That's the instruction. We are to consider ourselves dead to sin. Now, what does that mean? Okay, I'm to be dead to sin. What does that mean? Well, that means your sinful nature no longer has power over you. So when you're dead to sin, sin is no longer your boss. When you are dead to sin, sin is no longer the governing authority of your life. Now, to illustrate this truth, I, uh, I asked you if you've ever seen a match burn twice. Okay. Well, the match can burn a second time if shortly after the flame is extinguished, you touch the charred remains to somebody's skin, and they get burned. Well, I thought that was somewhat, you know, it's not a perfect illustration, but I thought that was somewhat an illustration of our sinful nature. Okay. We do have a sinful nature, and there is residue that continues to remain of our sinful nature. But the truth is, because of our faith in Jesus Christ, the power of it has been broken. Okay, The authority of it has been taken away, so we no longer have to obey that sinful nature, the impulses and the passions that rise up in us. We don't have to say yes to them, because sin is no longer our boss. The Bible makes it clear, then, that my sin nature is dead. We are not to yield to sin. Sin is no longer our boss. However, experience tells us another story. The reality is, I still fall short of God's standard. You still fall short of God's standard. You, you do mess up, right? You do sin. So the question is, well, why is that? I thought we were just told that the sinful nature is no longer our boss. It's dead. Why? Well, then why do we continue to sin? Well, as we come to chapter 6 here this morning, our author helps us understand why sin still gets the best of us. It helps us understand that. So I want to invite you to follow along as I read this morning's scripture passage. So we're in Romans chapter 6, and we're going to begin in verse 15. If you have a copy of God's Word, I want you to join me and follow along as I read that. But for those of you uh, who don't have your Bibles this morning, it'll be up on the screen for you. So, let's take a look at it. What then shall we, excuse me, what then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone to obey him as slaves... You are slaves to the one whom you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that, though you used to be slaves to sin, you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you were entrusted. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. I put this in human terms because you are weak in your natural selves. Just as you used to offer the parts of your body to slavery, to impurity, 
and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer them in slavery to righteousness, leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen to that. So the question that we want to ask this morning and address is this question. We've been taught from earlier in chapter 6 that we are dead to sin, meaning the power, the control, the authority of our sinful nature is no longer our master. It is not our boss. Okay, if that is true, then why do I continue to sin? Bible again makes it clear that the power of sin has been broken, yet the reality is and the truth of the matter is I still sin. Why? Why in the world is that happening? Well, I believe chapter 6 here in the verses following, especially in 15 to the end, uh, the author gives us some understanding as to why we continue to sin. And let's look at that right now and answer that question. First of all, there is a principle communicated to us in verse 16. All right, and I want you to take a look at that. Uh, let me paraphrase this principle. Here's the principle. Here's, here's this truth, this axiom that applies to all of us, and it's this. You belong to the power you choose to obey. So that's the truth. That's the axiom. That's the biblical truth here. You belong to the power you choose to obey. Let's look at verse 16 together. Here's how Paul, the author here, puts it. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone to obey him as slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. So the reason why we sin is because we give the authority... To our sinful nature. That's why we sin. We give, we hand back the authority to the sinful nature that is no longer our boss. We allow the passions of our life, and First uh, John chapter 2 talks about how there is the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and, and the pride of life, those things that we deal with. That's, those are the passions. And because of those passions... We give in. So the passions uh, dictate our life. For example, um, I'm passionate about donuts. I love donuts. Uh, the freshness of a donut, uh, you know, first thing in the morning, the, the sweetness, uh, the warmth of that donut. Mm. You know, those donuts just invite me, you know, to eat. And, uh, and in reality, I should probably eat just one donut, right? I should eat just one. But again, the sweet taste, the tenderness, the warmth 
causes me to eat two, three, four, five, and before I know it, half a dozen is gone, okay? What is happening there at that moment? The donut has become my master, okay? The donut has become my master. You belong to the power you choose to obey. So in response to the question, why do I sin? Well, the answer is, you choose to sin. I choose to sin. We give in. We allow the sinful nature, that part of us, we allow it to dictate and we react to it. So we've allowed our sin nature to be our master. That's why we sin. Now as we continue to combat this sinful nature that we have, uh, there's another truth in here in verses 17 and 18. Uh, We need to understand our position. Uh, Our position in Jesus Christ We need to understand that when it comes to fighting and dealing with our sinful nature. So let's look at that. So we're looking at verses 17 and 18. In combating our sinful nature, we need to understand our sinful, or excuse me, our spiritual position. Now our position in Christ is articulated there in verses 17 and 18. So let's look at it. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you were entrusted. Therefore, you've been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. So what those two verses, 17 and 18, are saying, they're saying that when you trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there was a change in allegiance. Prior to Christ, before accepting Him as your Savior, you were a slave to sin. That's the plight of each one of us. We can't do anything about that. Remember, even back in chapters uh, 5 and so forth, we talked about how the sinful nature came through Adam, and Adam passed that nature on to all of us, and because we all have that sinful nature, we will die. That's just the outcome of that. So we all have it, okay? So prior to Christ, we have this sinful nature. So sin is our master, again, prior to Jesus. Sin becomes our master. And therefore, sin, uh, the sin nature that exists in us, it dictated and directed our behavior. However, here's the good news. However, when you became a Christ follower, your sinful nature was fired, and Jesus became your boss. Okay? We're talking about your position now. Jesus is your boss. A, posi- a positional change has taken place. Whereas sin was at one time your master, directing and dictating your life, when you placed your faith in Jesus Christ, there was a positional change. You are now uh, under the authority of Jesus Christ. He is your master. He is your boss. He is the new CEO of your life. And because of Christ, you've been set free from the mastery of sin in your life. And that's just the truth. Now let's just spend some time talking about freedom for a minute because it talks about how we have been set free. Okay, We're no longer slaves of sin. We've been set free. So what is it we've been set free from? Well, let's just talk about this freedom. There's three things I want to share with you. Here's what you've been set free from when you placed your faith and trust in Christ. Number one, you've been set free from the law. Okay, 
the law. Been set free from that. Prior to Jesus, all of us believed and functioned and operated in this way. We felt that our acceptance, our worth, our standing before God depended upon the things that we would do, okay, the good things. That's how we felt we gained a right position with God. When Christ came in and gave his life, he did away with the law, so now our standing is based solely on our faith in the work that Jesus Christ has done for us. So we've been set free from the law, so there is nothing you can do or need to do to be acceptable in God's eyes, except recognize yourself as that sinner and place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. There's where it lies, okay? But we've been free from the law, so we can do all kinds of things, but it's not going to help us be any better in the sight of God. In the sight of God, you know, our standing, our worth is all dependent upon how our faith in Jesus Christ. That's where it all lies. Okay, so we've been free from the law. A second thing we have freedom from: we have freedom from sin. Okay, take a look at verse fourteen. For sin shall not be your master, because you are not under law, but under grace. Verse fourteen there kind of addresses both of those: freedom from the law but also freedom from sin. And remember, what is freedom from sin? Well, we are dead to sin. Remember that? And what does dead to sin mean? We are no longer under the authority, the power. Okay? Our sin nature does not dictate. We have a choice here. We can make a different decision other than what sin asks of us. So we've been free from sin. Then lastly, here's a third thing we've experienced freedom. Here's the freedom in Christ. Uh, We have freedom from death. Okay, the wages of sin is death, verse 23. The wages of our sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay, so we have freedom from death. And of course, we're talking about a spiritual death here. Okay, all of us physically will die. Um, That's just how it's set up. But God has put something in place where we don't have to be separated from him forever and ever and ever. That is the spiritual death. So we can do something about spiritual death. So we're set free from the fear of spiritual death. So that is the freedom that we enjoy based on Romans here, chapter 6. Now, pressing on in our, in our passage here, we now come to what I call the practice of sin. Okay, we talked about the principle of sin, number one. So the principle is this. You obey, you know, what you give power to. That's the principle. And number two, we deal with that principle by understanding our position in Christ. Remember, we are um, under the yoke of Christ. Christ is our CEO. He is our boss. And he is the one that we give allegiance to. Sin doesn't have any sway on us. It's not supposed to because it's not our boss. Uh, so, but anyhow, let's talk about here in verse 19. What We're going to talk about sp- our spiritual practices. Lastly, Uh, We learned some things about our spiritual practice. Now, if you yield control of your life to your sinful nature, you can expect negative consequences. And you probably know this already, again, from experience. But look at verse 21 with me, would you? Here's what it says. What benefit did you reap at the time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. So, again, looking at verse 21 there. Uh, There's three consequences that everyone experiences 
when sin is calling the shots in your life. Okay? Let's look at this passage together. So when sin's calling the shots in your life, now he, sin doesn't have to call the shots, remember? We're dead to sin. Okay? All because of our faith and trust in Christ. But if we yield to the sinful nature and allow it to be our boss, here's three things that result. So what are the benefits of allowing sin to be the boss? Uh, well, uh, we don't, we, uh, we become ashamed. You see that there? So there's, there's no benefit. We become ashamed. It also talks about that too. What? There's no benefit, verse, or at the top there, there's no benefit, okay, from our sin. Uh, our cause, our life is not advanced. And then move down, we experience shame because of our sin. Um, there's no joy, there's no bragging rights when we reflect on our sin, right? Uh, we're kind of, we're ashamed. So there's shame and sin. And then lastly, it results in death. And of course, uh, if you, I mean, ultimately, we don't want to be into the spiritual death where we're separated from God, but just think about it. Our, our sin does bring death, doesn't it? So when we have somebody who is in a marital relationship, this is just an obvious example. You're in a marital relationship, and the, the, the husband has an affair, what does that do to a family unit? Okay. Family unit basically dies, doesn't it? Never, never recovers fully. It dies. So, do you get the idea there? So there are some things that happen. There's no benefit, there's no profit from our sin. We experience shame, and lastly, there is death. On the contrary, though, here's the, uh, here's the flip side. On the contrary... A life yielded to God as your master brings wonderful results. Wonderful results. So, looking at verses 22 and 23. But now that you have been set free from sin and have come, become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. Where the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So there's three benefits I want to pull from verses 22 and 23. Number one, uh, it says that uh, following Christ, uh, living for God, leads to holiness. Do you see that there? Holiness. And, uh, and really the word here, holiness, uh, it's talking about being set apart. That's one dimension of it. So when you give your life to Christ, uh, you become holy meaning that you are set apart. You're no longer like the rest of the world. You have Christ living in you. But also that word holiness talks about a, a progression of change in your life. So the, the fancy word for that is sanctification. So when you walk in obedience to Christ, when Jesus is your CEO and you listen to his voice, you move from point A in your life where you're kind of a, kind of a rough around the edges follower of Jesus. You move to, you know, position B, C, and D, where you're becoming to look a little bit more like Jesus. So it's a progressive uh, change in your life. That's one of the benefits that comes from following Christ, making him CEO of your life. And we refer to that as sanctification, progressive sanctification. So we move from point A to point C to point D in our life. And so that's one of the benefits of following Jesus Christ, making him Lord of our life making him the CEO. So holiness is number one. Uh, the second thing, the benefit, 
for making Christ our CEO is eternal life. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's some good news, isn't it? Good news. And that's for all of us. Simply by exercising faith, placing that faith and trust in what Jesus Christ has done on the cross and realize that was for me. That's why I'm going to heaven because he did that for me. That's faith in action and that brings eternal life. And then lastly, uh, you also experience true freedom when Jesus Christ is your boss and CEO. You experience true freedom. What am I saying here? Let's talk about that. Let, let me talk about it from the, uh, I'm going to share a quote with you. This from, comes from John MacArthur. Uh, as I was looking at his material, here's what he says about true freedom, and this is what we experience. So here's John MacArthur speaking to us. He says this. Now listen. Listen to me very carefully. I'm going to close with this thought. We are free for the first time in our life. A sinner is not free. All he can do is what? Sin. Who's the only person who has a choice? A follower of Christ. So the first time in your life, you are truly free. Not free to do wrong. Oh, no, no. You've done that a long time. For the first time in your life, you are free to do what? Do right. That's Christian freedom. And the people who go around saying Christian liberty gives me the freedom to do wrong, they don't understand Christian liberty. Christian liberty, the liberation of the soul, is for the first time in my life, I can do right. That's true freedom. True freedom is now you can do right. You can do right. Why? Because there's been a transfer of allegiance made available by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We were at one time slaves to sin. Sin was our master, calling the shots, dictating our life. But when we placed our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, there was a positional change. Christ is now CEO of my life. And I can choose to do what honors him, what is right in his eyes. And that is true freedom. Application. A takeaway. What do I do with this message this morning? Question for you. Who is your boss? Who calls the shot in your life? You belong to the power you obey. You belong to the power you obey. Remember, when it comes to that sinful nature, you've received the key, okay? Because of faith, you have the key. And so you can unlock the chains of sin and say no, because you've been freed to do what is right. You have the power. God has given it to you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for dying on the cross and shattering, destroying the power of sin. And Lord, we know the power is destroyed, yes, because we can choose, but ultimately, 
you came back to life. Death wanted to keep you. Sin wanted to keep you in the grave. But you destroyed sin. You destroyed death. And you came back to life. And because you live, because of our faith in you, we too will live. For the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, my Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.